What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Tokenized TV podcast, where I'll be going over analysis and insights of disruption happening in the digital asset ecosystem, along with updating you guys with the most recent news. From the state of the market to decentralized finance to NFTs, utility tokens, all the way to mass adoption, we'll be sure to cover it all here on Tokenized TV. All right, so we're going to be talking further on tokenization from the last time we've left off, and then we'll be kind of jumping into the socioeconomic aspects of it and some of the industries that tokenization is disrupting. But before we start, make sure you're following the Twitter, YouTube, Medium, and Instagram for updates and more analysis of, of the crypto space. And something I'm really excited to let you guys know about is I'll be hosting a weekly show on Terra Moon Ventures where we go over the general sentiment and progression of this space and sort of the macroeconomic outlook. So make sure you guys go and check that out. And for those of you guys who want to chat and pick my brain a little more or just have exclusive access to my portfolio updates and any insights I dig up right away, you guys can join the Terra Moon Discord with my discount code TOKENICE for 25% off. That's T-O-K-E-N-I-C-E. I'll be looking forward to seeing some of you guys there and further connecting with y'all. And just one more quick thing before we start, just like the usual, I just got to let you guys know that I'm not a financial advisor and therefore nothing you ever hear or read from me should ever be taken as financial advice. But now that we got that all of the way, let's get right into it. So last time we left off with tokenization, we went over economic inclusion and where because of the ability to infinitely divide assets in this digital space, we basically take away the wage barrier since anyone of any financial status can now participate with however much money they have. But also about how tokenization of currencies and assets have made it so that it gives the unbanked a sort of safe haven and of course how you can basically transact with anyone around the world without a middleman. But economic inclusion of crypto is a term that spreads pretty widely since just about any crypto you you invest in, you're basically part of that economy. Like this goes beyond just investments and tech, but just think of incentivized aspects that give it all the reasons for more participation and being included in this digital asset economy. And I'm sure most of you guys have already seen and experienced it firsthand. But these communities really are bringing people together and changing the ways we go about our daily lives on the internet. When you buy a collective NFT, for example, and set as your profile picture, like we've seen many people in this space and even celebrities begin to do, you're kind of seen as like part of that community now. And it's kind of seen as a big thing. Like, for example, I'm sure many of you guys remember the headlines we saw when guys like Snoop Dogg, Odell Beckham, Steph Curry, and a bunch of other guys hopped onto the NFT hype train and bought their own apes or punks. So while I still do agree most these NFTs don't provide any real utility or value, no one can deny the fact that there's a strong community and following behind them. But even when it's just like someone buying Bitcoin or Ethereum or any other project, it's like the moment you've buy your first bit of crypto, it low-key feels like you're moving over to the other side or something. And everyone in each one of these communities just wants to see their project succeed. And they're incentivized to help grow that ecosystem, whether that's by developing applications, advertising the platform, or just by being a token holder. And we talked about this a bit in the last episode too, but I'll say it again anyways. The concept of tokenization ranges so far, it's ridiculous. 
You can have the tokenization of currencies and financial instruments, which would obviously be a huge disruption into the finance sector. But then you can also have the tokenization of items in a video game, giving players an incentive to continue playing and even bringing in new members to help grow that game's ecosystem and have a self-sustaining ecosystem in that game that continues to develop through the community since they're rewarded to continue doing so. So now you've completely changed the gaming landscape and brought it a new component of real world value, which will change the futures of generations down the line. And then you've got the creator economy where you can now tokenize the value in these communities with things like social tokens and really just directly connecting fans with their favorite celebrities and tokenizing the value of these experiences with them. Or how communities can be incentivized through these social tokens to do things like promote and advertise or just stream more of their favorite artists' music. But that's going down a whole other rabbit hole about community incentivized marketing that will go down another time. But then you've also got the tokenization in value of things that don't really have fungibility to them, as we've seen with NFTs. So if we're able to make smart contracts and things for digital art, which doesn't really have a fungible value, imagine what else you could do. Think like tokenizing carbon credits based on how much percent of green energy they're utilizing. Or maybe let's say hypothetically a network where energy is tokenized in this network where people run solar panels and provide energy in which they're incentivized with the token that's an index of all the value in energy that's distributed around that network. So let's say you run one of these solar panel nodes and in return, you could use that tokenized carbon offset as an asset that you can lend out to other corporations or just sort of have it there as passive income in the background where you're incentivized in every aspect to continue providing green energy. And now not only is there proof that you own and provide that energy, but the value is easily verifiable and represents a fractionalized piece of the value in that respective network. So the tokenization of things really doesn't have a limit to it. Literally anything of value you can now fractionalize and distribute and it settles in a second. To put it simply, you can now send value across the world as easily and efficiently as you would with like an email or just a photo, just the way it should be because our current hypertext transfer protocol was never actually made to hold or transfer money around. So this new digital asset space will be what we call the internet of value, where we can now securely and efficiently and without a central authority, just you, another person and some bandwidth, and you guys can start sending value back and forth anywhere in the world. Doesn't matter what time of day it is or whether your bank can allow such a transaction because you don't need that anymore. And so on the business efficiency side of things, this changes absolutely everything. Because now not only can you transfer anything of value in a split second, but now you can even verify the entire life cycle and history of whatever business product it may be, and just provide a ton more other microservices and microtransactions. Now pair this together with the future of IoT and automation coming to life and you've got yourself a whole new approach to how data and value can move around and just be displayed in general. Let's look at a couple examples across various industries. So say you want to sell a car in the future. Well now you can have a fully verifiable and timestamp display of who owned the car and when, what the car's condition was in like between own what the car's condition was like in between owners, what kind of conditions that car has been in, and a full record of his maintenance history. 
that simplifies the steps so much compared to now where you got to actually have paper documents of everything and a centralized database of records which is usually only accessible by the insurance company and well if that car was insured somewhere else well good luck finding that and now if we dive into the other microeconomic aspects of tokenization a little more we can really see and start to understand just how big of a role this can play in automating and making things so much more efficient and cost effective. Because now in the finance sector, you have instant settlements of any security or digital asset in a split second. Doesn't matter where you're sending it to, no more waiting two days for security or three to five business days for a cross-border transaction. It all just settles instantly now and it's verified through a distributed ledger where every transaction from the first to last will all be timestamped. But now let's talk a little bit about intellectual property and general patents. Think potentially tokenized IP-based NFTs. So now, say a firm with patents on their assets or technologies, they can do things like, say, license, lease, or finance, or even trade these patents. You could basically see things like patents and other intellectual properties, such as trademarks, essentially becoming their own financial instrument. Because patents in itself already are sort of an asset in its own. It's proof of creation and ownership. And while we did talk about this a bit last time, the idea of tokenization in the real estate markets, you can get a tokenized document of the entire history of the, that house and then just have tokenized real estate trading on regulated exchanges too. Well, now you've just turned an illiquid yet lucrative asset into an asset that's now liquid and potentially even more lucrative since it can now be so easily accessed and traded. And some of you guys are probably thinking this is just absolutely fucking crazy or I'm talking something that's 500 years from now or something. But check out Sotheby's. They've actually, they're a luxurious auction house company and they've actually hosted one of the first NFT house auctions just earlier last year. And these things are just going to continue to get more and more adopted as people see the sheer amount of doors it opens to and the extra potential GDP it could add to our economy. Because as we've seen with real estate markets around the world, the middle class has essentially been priced out of buying a home. With the housing market rising over 30% just last year, it's probably just going to get worse as the world continues to get more populated and wages pretty much go to zero paired against inflation. So this will really help with the aspects of creating inclusion regardless of your financial status because now you're creating scarcity within scarcity by fractionalizing the ownership within a house. Since a house is out of the question for many, we're probably going to see a lot of split ownership between properties in the future. And this is kind of what's starting it all off. And then with things like smart contracts and state channels, whatever property you're buying, you're in the proper legal jurisdiction and following the right rules to do so. And remember, part of tokenization is fractionalized ownership. So you don't gotta buy the whole house. You can just pay for a little fraction of it and treat it like any other asset where when you buy a fraction, you're still rewarded for its value going up. And additionally, since a house is a tangible asset that provides you things like shelter and security, things you need in real life, you can rent out your little fraction of the house and collect your split of the rent payments. And of course, that'll all settle just after a couple seconds after it's sent with tokenized currencies. So now let's hop over to the supply chain industry where there's problems all over the world right now. So 
With the transparency and immutability of tokenization, along with the automation in real time of IoT, the information and data we can get from supply chains completely change since now they're easily verified and authenticated. Because now every single step of the way from when it's manufactured to when it's in your hands is fully timestamped and verified all in real time. And this will help verify the authenticity of certain products along with the quality and conditions of it. And there's already a couple companies out there looking to do something like this and kind of automate the supply chain space like VeChain and Morpheus Network. The disruption in supply chain doesn't just benefit the consumers like us, but also the actual corporations themselves, since it's going to save them a bunch in costs and expenses by automating the processes of these small procurements. And I know that's more on the IoT side of tokenization, but these things do go hand in hand and are, of course, being built together simultaneously. And well, while we're on the topic of supply chains, let's jump a little over to the agriculture industry. And this area is actually super slept on, in my opinion, when it comes to the idea of tokenization. And overall, the agriculture industry just doesn't get enough love because most of these farmers around the world are very underpaid, but even more so overworked. So the tokenization of things in agriculture would bring a whole lot of that value back to these guys who work their asses off. So say a farmer chooses to tokenize their farm. Well, now they can be funded through a community of people around the world who have faith that this farm's crops will be successful and have a good export ratio. And the value in these exported goods would then be redistributed around that farm's whole community. And so now there's a whole global community of value in just one farm. And obviously there's millions, if not billions of farms out there. So just imagine that at full scale. It could, this could be best compared to like, say, allocating your tokens to a certain staking pool, only now you're actually allocating them to a real life farm. And you're actually changing the world by providing a better opportunity for these farmers, since now they'll have more capital to access in addition to other incentives that can be put in place, like say, you get an NFT for contributing to that specific farmland. So any goods that's grown through them, or they help grow the ingredients for you get a discount on at the grocery store or maybe say it's a farm nearby where you live well maybe that nft can also be a redeemable coupon for certain crops that you've indirectly helped grow through allocating your tokens but then let's plug in some iot factors into agriculture as well because who doesn't love a little automation and smart data so now you have the value of a farm tokenized on a blockchain, but thanks to IoT, you also get real-time monitoring of how these plants are doing and what the next best step for them would be to grow optimally. Well, because you're getting all this data in real time, which can then reflect on the tokenized value of that farm, the kind of fractional ownership of that farm has now become like no different from your usual crypto asset only it's reflected upon something that's physically tangible. And aside from supply and demand, you can actually see why the price might be going up or down. Maybe potatoes are high in demand and the farm you've allocated to primarily grows potatoes. So the fraction you own also goes up. Or maybe the production of your farm has been slowing down due to bad weather lately. So the value of your farm goes down. Now shift over to another industry people don't really talk about too often when it comes to blockchain and tokenization. 
and that's in the health and medical department. Now, some of you guys are probably thinking, huh? Aren't our current medical systems already okay? Why would we tamper with such a sensitive data where lives are literally at risk? Well, first off, our current medical systems aren't okay. In fact, they kind of suck. If you've tried to schedule an appointment with, say, like your family doctor, you'd know just how tedious it is to have all your documents readily available with your health number and everything else. Then they've got to check if you're registered in their medical database. And well, if you're not a returning customer and already in their database, well, it's another long process to even just get you into their system. You got to go back to your previous family doctor and get all that information. And then any other additional health documents, like maybe vaccine history or other tests you might have done, which would likely be in other medical institutions and labs that you've now got to dig up and call. So yeah, just that alone already sounds like a headache, I'm sure. Well, what the tokenization of healthcare and patient data can do is change all of that to where you don't have to go through tedious procedures just to get a basic checkup. Because now with tokenized patient data, everyone can securely own basically an NFT of their medical history. Now you don't need a central database keeping it safe for you, even though it's probably not all that safe on a centralized server. And now that I think of it, who the fuck thought it was a good idea to keep all patient information in one spot like that? If there's even the slightest breach, well now every single patient that's been registered in their system is at risk of having their healthcare data leaked. And well, that's not fucking good. I probably don't even have to explain why. But the other thing with tokenized healthcare data is that now it's super easily interoperable with other medical systems. So say if you go travel somewhere, let's say across the world, let's just say you travel to Colombia and you take a rough fall and sprain your ankle and you need medical assistance. Well, first off, they're gonna need your patient data before they can help you, just in case you might have other underlying conditions or allergies to a certain medication. Well, to do so, you're going to need to be carrying all your medical documents with you and have them readily available, which I'm sure most of us don't do. I personally can't remember ever taking any medical documents with me to go travel somewhere, though I probably should look to start doing that. <laughs> but yeah, so it's going to be a long process and a lot of questions before they can even get you any help. And as we've seen with interoperability in this space, you can have two networks that have no connections to each other seamlessly communicate and share information from both sides with the right solution, maybe three lines of code. Since now with your patient data pretty much being tokenized, you can easily access that digital file with your documents just with a little bit of internet connection and having it interoperate with any medical system just by signing a smart contract. But beyond just making things easier, this also makes the future for medication and the risks of it a huge upgrade from where it is now. Because I'm sure we've all heard of a couple instances where, say, a certain medication is assigned to some patient and their body just has a nasty reaction to it, which is just super unfortunate and scary to even think about. So with some of the development in genetic sciences, you can now bring in a tokenized sample of your DNA with all the compounds and structure data fully verified, then you can give that to a lab and they can test how your DNA structure would react to a certain medication or to certain chemicals and supplements. 
but beyond that you can also get live updates on your health status so rather than a doctor calling you and telling you that your test came back all right you can simply go into your wallet scan your tokenized patient data and there you have it in real time all in front of you a full status and display of your healthcare information and now before we wrap things up i want to talk about one other industry that tokenization is going to change forever and has actually already started to do so. We briefly went over this in our last episode, but let's dive a little deeper this time. We're talking about the luxury and collectible industry. So this is a pretty broad industry. It can range from things like general luxury items like, say, a Louis bag or a Dolce & Gabbana jacket to maybe even things like a McLaren or Ferrari or even real diamonds. Well, LCX has already shown that the tokenization of diamonds is possible. Just look on their website and check out Tiemens. It's actually a pretty interesting concept. So this probably ties in the closest to where NFTs are at today. People love luxurious items. It's human nature to be materialistic. And there's nothing really wrong with that, I guess. It's just having nice things makes us happy. And then there's collectibles. So think collectibles. There's people paying tens of thousands to buy a shiny Charizard card. Now, what do you think the real intrinsic value to that card is? Meaning how much that card would be worth if it, say, wasn't a Charizard and instead just Pikachu or something? Well, probably next to nothing. At the end of the day, it's a piece of thin cardboard with Pokemon printed on there. So it only really has extrinsic value. Well, that's really what all these collectibles are. But what gives these collectibles their extrinsic value? It's the community aspects of it. A Louis bag isn't intrinsically worth over $2,000, even if it is very nice quality. A McLaren 720S isn't intrinsically worth 400 grand, even if it is a super nice and fast car. It's the fact that buying into these luxurious goods and collectibles, you're buying into the lifestyle and joining this sort of elite community, showing people like, hey, look at me, I'm whipping around in a 720S and carrying my stuff in a Louis bag. And as bad as that sounds, Again, we do live in a materialistic world nowadays where a lot of times we are judged by the things we have and our appearance on social media more than we are as a person. And while with an immutable ledger and the tokenization of luxurious items and collectibles like these, you can now easily see what kind of person someone is just by looking at some of the NFTs and tokens in their wallet. So in a sense, this kind of combines parts of social media collectibles along with just basic human socioeconomics all together. Because now you can go on someone's wallet profile, just like you do on Etherscan to check out what coins or NFT someone's holding. Only now you can check out what digital property they have. Maybe you find out they're really into dogs because they've got a dog collectible NFT as their profile along with some NFT tickets that show proof they've been to certain dog events. And to top it all off, they've even got some dog community tokens. So now you can tell this person is a dog person and kind of just briefly judge a book by its cover, seeing what kind of person someone is, because that's pretty much what social media profiles today are anyways, right? And funny enough, somewhere where I can really see this idea really changing are dating apps like Tinder, where you can easily set up a fake profile and catfish someone by just being another person. Well, now what if you connect your wallet to get started and now people can look at what your interests are, maybe what they've accomplished and fields of study through tokenized certificates. 
Now, I know these sites aren't exactly used to find someone that you have the same interests with and everything. It's used for other interests, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. Because again, things like these can be applied to general social media and even social networks where you're looking to grow your circle like LinkedIn. So because of this, these things, whether they be collectibles or just intrinsically worthless digital items, they can have a proved value now since you're adding in the factor of these communities with similar interests that all have a way of connecting together and sharing or trading these digital items that have value respective to their communities. I mean, just look at the gaming industry, for example. You see it all the time. A free-to-play game, but there's always people who will buy that $1,000 skin and there's no change on the gameplay. I mean, yeah, maybe they bought the skin because they want to look cool, but most times it's because they want to be recognized, they want to stand out and show some personality and originality. It's no different from the real world. I mean, just look at it today. Most people are either trying to fit in or stand out. But on top of this, this can open the door to connecting communities much more together. Like, let's say if you're a big fan of Kanye West, how cool would it be to have a Kanye West concert ticket that you went to where you can now see who holds that ticket, NFT, and connect with those people or even sell that digital ticket in its own as an NFT. And yeah, you can't use that NFT as a ticket anymore, but that's the extrinsic value of a community at play here. Someone else might want to display that in front of their page. Now pair all this in with the immutability of a distributed ledger and you've got really a whole ass new system and global economy. One where you're now able to connect with anyone of similar interest and check what someone's cover is like, so to speak and one that's fully verifiable of the data that comes in to make sure that the information on there is true and correct, all while being able to send a one-to-one -one tokenized piece of value anywhere in the world. So to wrap things up real quick, the idea of NFTs in digital art is just the start. It's not just going to be limited to things like gaming and the metaverse. The potential for disruption of tokenizing any asset is absolutely huge. And a bunch of these corporations and institutions have already begun to see this for themselves. Sure, the concept of digital items you can use in a virtual world sounds cool as hell, but chances are we're still quite a ways away from that coming to fruition. For now, there's so many other industries in the physical world that would be completely revolutionized by blockchain and DLT. And that's where we should be focused on for now, because real world industries and companies are actually looking to add tokenization into their business models. Whether that be in the medical industry where you can easily supply your DNA sample to a lab to have them test how certain medications will react to your body, or just the fact that you can now travel anywhere without having to bring a booklet of documents. Or in the supply chain industry where now with IoT and tokenization, you can track the quality and location of anything from the beginning of its production cycle all in real time from seeing how it was manufactured to the storage temperature and quality control every single step of the way up until it's right in your hand. So overall, the broad concept of tokenization tends to really go over people's heads as they tend to think it really only relates to apes, punks, and pollution. Pretty similar to how the crypto markets were just a few years ago. So it's definitely something that's going to take some more time to get adopted, but I really think because crypto was initially adopted first that NFTs will see a faster adoption phase. 
So I think in the next five years, we'll really begin to see these industries around the world, see how procurement and automation can completely change how they do business and begin building their businesses out digitally, where every microtransaction can now be instantly settled along with full verification. But yeah, that's about it for you guys today. Hoping everyone got something good out of it, whatever it may be. And remember, if you guys liked what you heard today, show some love by giving this podcast a like and follow. And don't forget to check me out on my other content platforms. You guys can always connect and stay up to date with me through my Twitter, Telegram, and Instagram. Or if you guys want more fundamental analysis and deep dives, head over to my YouTube or Medium. All this can be found at Tokenizer. And make sure you guys head on over to Terramoon Ventures and check it out where I'll be hosting my weekly macroeconomic updates along with some sharing some mind maps and deep connections. But yeah, until next time, guys, remember to stay safe and keep grinding. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.